Dear friends, in my message I am speaking about a firm hold in insecure times. In the media we are reading about the world climate disaster, economic crisis, rumors of war, as the Bible clearly says it will happen. There are so many things that confuse us. What does the Bible have to say and how can we put things into perspective? That is what this message is about. We start with the story of Eliakim. Probably you have heard about him. You have to know the Bible a little bit um, to know Eliakim. But maybe you have heard about Hezekiah. He he lived of the time of this king. I want to read two verses to you from the chapter um, 20. Isaiah 22, 20. In that day, I will summon my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. So, to understand this context, and also for you, not, that you don't have to read the chapters before and after, so what's the situation, what's the context this text is written in? There is a Syrian um, uh, army, and it's standing right in front of Jerusalem, and it's attacking the city. And we can read that from the side of God, this um, occupation is supposed to turn Judah away from the sin. So they had, they were supposed to turn. God is using this army, this occupation, this time of crisis to lead his people to repentance. But the people did not react to this at all. They were celebrating and were pretending and if nothing happened. That's what you can read in verse 2. O town full of commotion, O city of tumult and revelry. So they think they, they have to do what they do. They fasten the city. Verse 9 and 10, they prepare and get more breaches, more, more defense. They had many breaches in its defenses. You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the buildings in Jerusalem and tore down houses to strengthen the wall. And then verse 11, but you did not look to the one who made it or have regard for the one who planned it long ago. So God is calling them to repent. In Jerusalem, they're having the party, they're celebrating, they're on the roofs, they're bar having a barbecue and so on. And there was an army around Jerusalem and God is calling them to repentance. The Lord, the Lord Almighty called you on that day to weep and to wail, to tear down your hair and put on a sackcloth. But see, there is joy and revelry, Slothering of cattle and killing of sheep, eating to meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we die. That's also what Paul says in Corinth, the letter to Corinthians. So they do not pay attention to the signs of God. You live as if nothing 
is happening around you. So this is the context. And then the word of judgment that I'm preaching about comes in that situation. And before the Lord gives a word to Shetna, a man called Shetna, he was the second man after the king Hezekiah. And he also lived in that spirit of the time. He also prepared a, a grave chamber, um, like a, a tomb for himself, because he had no future vision. And the Lord was really tired of this. And he said, Shepna, I will put another man in your place. And that was Eliakim. He is the successor of Shepna. So and he's an important man. He is like the second king. And many good things uh, are prepared for him. He really was a, 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 a believing man and he has a unique authority. And here it says that he had the, the key of David to open up and to close. So that's also a biblical revelation. And all the other people looked up to him. People were happy. They, they were like, wow, we have a God-fearing stable man. He was feared by everyone. And he became a place, uh, he, he received he was given a place of honor his family was honored and he was someone you could rely on a firm grip for the people a firm hold I want to read this to you one more time and I will put the keys of the house of David on his shoulders, so on Eliakim's shoulders, that nobody can open up and, and close it. I will drive him like a peck into a firm place. He will be a seat of honor for the house of his father. All the glory of his family will hang on him, its offspring and offshoots, all its lesser vessels, from the bowels to all the jars. So now all the story makes sense. Because then the verse which I started my sermon with comes. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, the peg driven into the firm place will give way. It will be sheared off and will fall, and the load hanging on it will be cut down. The Lord has spoken. So everything held on to that peg. Everything held on to Eliakim. Things were entrusted to him. Really, everything was given to him because he was a good man. But there was a time in which everything crushed down. This pack just tore down. Everyone who hang, hanged on to the, the entire load hanging on it fell down. So the pack driven into the firm place will give way because it carries big loads. And I was asking myself, what time do we live in? We live in a time in which all of the things that give hold or seem to give hold are in danger to come down. They used to look like this peg who were firmly in, but suddenly they lose way. So let's go a step back and think about what, what's the thing that, that gives people a firm, firm hold? Where does it come from and what did God think in all of this? Where does the desire for, for safety come from, to hold on somewhere? 
Und ich habe eine gute Botschaft. And I have a good message for you. Dieser Wunsch kommt von Gott. That desire comes from God himself. Das hat Gott in uns hineingelegt. God put this in us. Da brauchen wir nur in die Schöpfungsgeschichte. We only have to look into the story of creation. Because the story of creation is God's model of a love relationship with him. Na, das haben wir schon oft gehört und gelesen. Now we heard about that a lot, but I want to give you some verses. God created the human as his image. He created them in his image as man and woman, as female and male. So God created us as his image, not to isolate us and then to put us in a cage, but he wanted to create us in his image, to communicate. God has made us to communicate with us. That's why he has given us eyes and a mouth and ear. He gave us senses, he gave us hands. And so God created the human and he He blew breath into him and God made him alive, a living creature. And then he put him into the Garden of Eden, the place of his love, like a model of his relationship. And there he put the human being that he created. And God the Lord let plants grow and in the midst of this garden he planted the tree of life. Like a hold. God made the human focus on this tree and on God to have his orientation in him. And we know how the story goes on and the sin of man and then the snake came and then they were driven out of paradise. And that was the point in which Man has lost its inner hold, his anchor, his peace, his shalom, his home. They have lost it. This was the point in which man started to, to, to go on a search and they did not know what to look for because there is an instance in us like an authority um, that um, can only be stilled by God. It's a hunger that cannot be stilled by anything but God. And this is what is seeking safety and security and nobody can give this but God. It's like a GPS in us. God has put this in us, but there's no service. That's why humans always are on the search. They're always looking for something. Always reaching out. That's why you want to be with someone, probably. Someone who can give you sense. Someone who can give you peace and security. That's why in Genesis 4, verse 14, it says, I have to hide from you, said Cain. I have to flee. That's the characteristic of a person who is separated from God. You can have success, you can be a shiny face, you can have all the riches of the world, you can try to steal your hunger with whatever, but however, there will uh, something that remains in your heart that does not have peace. 
you want to arrive home. That's what you say in uh, today. And God has put a model in us um, of how we can receive peace again. So a child is born and it takes its first breath and the lungs are filled and then it starts to scream and then the mother takes the child and hugs it in, in her arms and it says, look my child, there's a firm hold for you. You are safe. And if it's also healthy, then if it's a healthy birth, then a father comes and also takes it in the arms and says, we love you. And this is the normal way of how a relationship between parents and their child starts. A child that is loved, a child that is carried, a child that finds a home, safety. So all of these terms, you know, like identity, family, having arrived home, having peace. That's what you find in the Bible too. Romans 8 verse 39, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God. And this love holds us in his arms and that's, that's the model of God. That's how he thought it to be. And it's the desire of the, to have this is in every one of us. And if we have not experienced this, then however, this yearning is still inside of us. We don't have to think that we have a loss, but God has put this in us on purpose because he wants to be the one who fills it out. The question is, what? is it that gives us hope. Maybe you have become older, you leave your parents' home, you walk your own ways, you have gone through things that were not good, you need restoration and healing, and God will do all these things. But we humans, we are... We are... People who look for different things. We look for different pegs. We look for different things that give us stability. For the things that look so much better. We want to find something that gives us a hold. And you can think about this yourself. Where do you look for security? Where do you look for safety? Also, if you have been walking with Jesus for a long way, we are still tempted to hang on to something like these different Pegs. Remember that at the beginning of my Christian life, I didn't really understand who I am in Jesus. I, you know, I had a very strong family relationship and family identity, and that's what made it difficult for me that I, you know, could really find my identity in Jesus. Because the place I came from was a firm peg for me. That's where I hang on to. That's where I had my security. And the same thing is for others. The place where they come from, the warm home, and the, you know all the good things that they have experienced from their families, um, they often hang on to this. And people make their own family their their nail that we hang on to. Everything hangs on this nail. And the characteristic is that when this nail breaks, it's so painful. 
Oft ist es unser Status, unser Geld. Often it's money also, our status. And you know, we say, oh, that's not the case for me, but however, I believe it is often. That's why many people um, lose orientation when they lose their job. That's why many people lose their hold because they are unable to go on working. That's why people lose hold when their business breaks down, which hopefully won't happen to you, but however, it might happen when relationships break, when, when marriages break. And we look for so many things to find orientation. And often God is using these things But they shall never be this pack for us in our life. Other people look um, for their security in role models, and we need role models, but they can never be, or they should never be, where we completely hang on to. Others look for their safety in other people. People we compare with, people we want to be like them. Und genauso gibt es auch die Gefahr, dass wir eine Gemeinde, and auch wenn sie noch so gesegnet ist, egal wo sie also ist, a church is very blessed, Gemeinde, or if a ministry in a church is very blessed, or if your pastors or leaders are very blessed, and you make them this pack you hold on to instead of the living God, then that's very dangerous. And for Eliakim, that was the case. Maybe you remember that he was a father of the nation, a, a God-fearing man. He was honored by all of the people. His family was honored. He had a firm foundation for the people. And Eliakim represents all of the firm places, all of the pegs that are firmly placed and everything we have loaded this peg with even if it looks so well now you probably remember the story Jerusalem is surrounded by their enemies they're in a time of crisis and God says to them listen as long as you are still having this party of your life As long as you are going from one event to the other, from one family celebration to the next, as long as you do not recognize the signs of this time and wake up as long as you are seduced and tempted and a spirit of slumber is poured out over you, as long as you are dancing on the Vulcan, as long as you do not have your only hold into the into me into the lord i will allow that all of these firm packs no matter what it is and everything that's loaded on it will break and fall down we probably know the story of the farmers in luke 12 they also had this firm place this this firm peg that was like their um, 
providing of their retirement. That was his his future vision. He just wanted to be well equipped and well prepared. So, Jesus said there was a rich man. Und er sprach, das will ich tun. Ich will meine Scheunen abbrechen und größere bauen. Ich will mich multiplizieren. Ist doch nichts Schlimmes dran. Anyway, he, he speaks about this man and he says, I, I want to multiply. I, verse 18. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And it's nothing bad to do so. But then verse 19, it says, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. Let all of the crises of the world just pass you. Be encouraged. Der Rest deines Lebens als eine große Chill-Party ein. And just throw a big Chill-Party for the rest of your life. And then God says, I am not with you. I do not agree. You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? All of the riches, everything you have invested, all strength you put in, all sorrows, all of the sleepless nights, everything you have invested is just lost. It's gone. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. God measures people by where they have their security in and their orientation in. Every peg is only as strong as the foundation it's, it's put into. And also, God measured Jerusalem by, by this principle. He measures you and me according to this way, but he also measures Israel by what they find their security in. And if I look at this chapter and look at Israel, it seems like through the past, God is looking into all of this time until today. And he's asking Jerusalem, who, whom will you make your peg? Whom will you make the, the one you, you hang on everything? Politicians? What role models do you have? Maybe you choose yourself a father of a nation, your economy, maybe your military power. So this is a time in which people hang on to different people and also to figures of uh, salvation, even if they are te teenagers, just as a side comment. Will this peg hold? I, I hear God asking, will this hold what you are cling, clinging on to? God will let it break, although it is firmly put in. I will read these verses to you again. And you will realize how these verses become realized. 
In that day, declares the Lord, the pack driven into the firm place will give way, it will be sheared off and will fall, and the load hanging on it will be cut down. So God measures us personally, he measures Israel, and of course if he measures Israel, he measures all of the nations, because the way he treats Israel, God is treating the nations. And this is also valid for churches, for governments, societies, he measures all of us by where we look for orientation. Wenn wir uns unsere Nation anschauen, würde ich sagen, bin ich sehr, sehr And if we look at our nation, I am very, very grateful. Da ist ein Flock, der ist tief in die Mauer eingeschlagen. So viele Jahre Frieden. Nach dem We've had so peace for so many years after the Second World War. Ja, natürlich gibt es viele Dinge, die man auch kritisieren kann. Aber of course, there are many things you can criticize, but... You know, we have freedom of religion, freedom of opinion. We have values that have been created. We have a strong economy. And we, we live in a life of wealth. We are a growing country. We live in families. So there really is a secure peg um, on the wall. So how, how can it be that there will be a time in which this pack cannot carry the load anymore and everything hanging on to it will fall down? Everything that seems stable will be shaken suddenly. You know, we read this in the Bible. There will be a time in which the, that which is firm will be shaken. So there will be times of instability, times of insecurity, and the things that seemed firm and secure are not the same anymore. Da, wo Orientierung war, auf einmal keine Orientierung ist, wo Werte, christliche Werte waren, Where used to be orientation, it is no longer there. And also values are no longer there, standards are no longer there. Does it fit into this kind of time? Und ihr Lieben, solche Zeiten, in der der Flock sich aus der Wand löst, in timings like this, in which the peg is coming out of the wall, falling on the ground, and also everything with it that is loaded on it, It all falls to the ground. That is the time in which people become easily victims of ideology and mass suggestions. This is the time in which God is testing us what we hang on to. Are we made in God? Are we firm in his word? That's what God is testing us. Where do we hang on to? Where do you find your hold? I want to read a word for you from Hebrews. That is why we shall even more pay attention to the word that we hear. So pay even more attention to the word that we hear in order for us not to miss the goal. And the word was firm that I have said to you in all kind of disobedience and transgression. How can we think that we can flee from this if we do not hang on to Jesus who was crucified? 
Das Wort Gottes sagt, so the word of God says, der einzige feste, the only firm peg that is valid is my word. That's what God says here. 1, Vers 19. Peter 1, Vers 19. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. There is only one firm peg One firm pack that you and I hold on to, that every one of us find all of your exist existence hanging on to. And that's a prophetic word of the living God. God hält die Welt mit seinem Wort. 2. Samuel 22, Vers 19. God holds the world with his word. The Lord was my hold. The Lord became my foundation. The only security and strength is his prophetic word, his message, the things that God say. That's why it's important for us that we can hear his word because he's full of love and mercy. He's a father that speaks. And you can only hear his voice if you were born into his kingdom. So, at the end of my sermon, I want to give you an example that I have shared at our after-work lounge. <laughs> I just said after-work party, but it's actually called after-work lounge. Anyways, um, men over 40 can come, and if you are under 40, you cannot come. But anyways, the book I read on my vacation from Demos Shakari, the luckiest people on earth. He is the founder of EVC, whatever, business people of uh, Christian Fellowship. And what was moving to me was his story. You can also look his story up on media. But the story of his family is interesting. He is an Armenian and his family has survived the genocide of the Armenians. So his grandfather was a Christian, but he was not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what happened in the village where they lived in, in Armenia was that Russian settlers who were filled with the Holy Spirit came into the village and his grandfather was very happy about this visit and he slaughtered a cow. And the biggest cow he had had a blind eye, unfortunately. And he knew, okay, well, the word of God says you shall only give a full sacrifice, a complete sacrifice to God. And if it has a blind eye, then, you know, he thought, mm, that's not so good. Um, but in order to hide it, he just cut off the cow's head. And so the Russian settlers came who were filled with the Holy Spirit and they, they came and they wanted to eat and the, the cow was prepared to eat already. It was all set. And they were used to invite the Holy Spirit and sing in tongues and only if the Holy Spirit came, then they started to eat. So they started to worship the Holy Spirit and prayed and, and prophesied, spoke in tongues. <laughs> Well, how about us? <laughs> how, how we do? 
Um, so the leader of this group and he invited the Holy Spirit but then he's called to stop and he went into the um, into the hut and took out the sack with the head of the cow with a blind eye and held it up in front of the group and the grandfather was he felt so ashamed And he knew he could not know this because when I was hiding this cow's head, all of the others were on the road. So this was a clear prophetic work. And then the grandfather um, repented and he was really filled with the Holy Spirit. And a little time, a short time afterwards, he received a prophetic word. And that that's the prophetic word. Leave the village soon, otherwise you will not survive. And because the grandfather learned to listen to the word, and because he had um, he had put this peg into the word of God, he decided to be obedient. Before that, he would not have done it. So he took all of his family. And you know, that prophetic word was not just like, oh, go to the next village. But this prophet, prophet who has never been there before, had a prophetic word. He said, go to Los Angeles. And so he took his family and also some other Armenian families and they um, entered America via the ship and have spent some time in Los Angeles. Shortly after the genocide happened and the families who had not learned to be obedient to the prophetic word, they, they did not survive. And then they were in Los Angeles, came together, worshipped the Lord, and the Holy Spirit came on them. They were hungry and thirsty, and they said, is there anything more? And then they went through a street, and that street was Azusa Street. And that's where the, the revival of Azusa started. So the beginning of the Pentecost movement, and they were part of it. And God started to fulfill the words of promises. And then they gave them a big business, but they received even more because he had put his nail into the prophetic word of God, not in his riches, not in his um, his property, although God has given him success already. But God then has prepared him and has multiplied his ministries and millions of people were reached. And I'm asking you, where do you have your security in? Really? I mean, really? Where are you hanging on to? Is it his word? Is it what God is saying? Or are there any other pegs? I believe we live in a time in which pegs will, will fall down from a From, from a very, very low wall. And I believe this is a time in which Christians who hang on to his word and live by his word, he will transform them into nails, transform them in secure places in which other people can hang on to. And together they hang on to Jesus. I have read a verse and I will finish my sermon with this. Do not seek any church who is just as close to where you live as possible. But look for a church who is as close to the word of God as possible. 
Suche keine Gemeinde, die Do not look for a church who is as close to your, your home place as possible, but look for a church that is as close to the Word of God as possible. Look for people who are close in the Word of God. You were supposed to be someone like this. Now let us stand together.